Well, hello, it must be Wednesday, and you know what that means, another drop for the Pink Link Podcast, choo-choo, I need to come up with something else when I say that, because like, that choo-choo, I need to have a sound something or something to say, yeah. but doing something, I don't know, I'm going to get it together, y'all, but uh, enough of that, I have a great guest once again, coming on to drop some gems. And her name is Ben Her. Her Instagram name. She, if she want to give you her government name, as they say, I'm let her do that. <laughs> yes. Show. What's yours, girl? What's it's going your- on? What's going on, y'all? Um, I'm Rari, founder of Ben Her, and I'm here to talk about all things business credit, just business acumen in general to help the Black community. Okay, great. So, um. You, you're a business consultant, right? Yes. Okay, so... That's one thing. Oh, so one thing. Okay, so we're going to stick... We'll get into the other things a little later if you want to. <laughs> okay. So, um, with that, you help people with um, what areas, Craig, and how to get business funding and things of that nature, or could you fill me in more on that? Yeah, so when it comes to the consultant piece, I help the Black community, Black entrepreneurs and business owners specifically with learning how to start scale and fund their businesses. So that looks like someone coming in who might not understand how to legalize their business properly, understanding different documentation, what's an LLC, what's an EIN, what's an operating agreement, what's a trademark, things like that, really helping them understand how to create a sustainable legal business. The funding piece is where I teach Black people credit, right? So I don't just... I don't do credit repair, but I actually teach our people how to understand and how to leverage credit so that we can fund our own businesses. And this allows people to avoid having to pay other companies to get them funded. Once they learn how to do it for themselves, essentially, I teach you how to fish or you'll never starve. And then the scaling piece comes in when I teach people digital content or how they can digitize their content through uh, ebooks, e-courses, mentorships, things like that, or even how they can start to automate their systems what systems can they use, you know, for example, scheduling things, right? To schedule to be on this podcast, you sent me a Calendly link, which most people should be doing, right? There are some people who are in their business still sending out DMs to go back and forth, back and forth. And that's not really, that's not the way that you want to handle business because it makes you work in the business and not on the business. So I teach them different systems that they can use to help like, you know, scale and automate that business. So those are the three components, starting, funding, and scaling. Oh, I love that. So say for instance, if I'm just this new person wants to, you know, start a business, it uh-huh. seems kind of like, you know, the three main niches of getting out there and getting started for, you know, whether you need the LLC, getting your EIN number, you know, being mm-hmm. able to go business account and things of that nature and position yourself there. Then you transition on into, you know, ways you can fund, help fund that business, you know, mm-hmm. to get, and then um also uh, organize and have structure i love it girl you're doing it yes yes <laughs> yes um, what what are some of the successes your clients have seen by you helping them you know do these things yeah that's a great question so a lot of them have obviously gotten funded because if i teach you how to get funded and your credit profile is set up the correct way then you're more than likely going to get a bag so um, I've gotten people tens of thousands of funding. Like that's the easy part. The hard part is getting people to have the right credit. Like that's the hardest part. Once you have the right credit, funding is the easy part. You know what I'm saying? It's just a matter of whether they say yes or no. If they say no, you go to another bank. Like it's just that simple. 
Um, as far as other things, a lot of people, um, I would say, especially Black women who I work with, um, just are scared to pull the trigger. Like they know a lot. Sometimes they need help putting those pieces together. So I help almost be the, the adhesive to be like, okay, you got this, you got this. Now put this together. Now the confidence, right? The confidence to know that you already have more than enough to go out there and go do it. A lot of people just need that person who believes in them, that person who can say, girl, you got you got everything that you need. Like, what you waiting on? So right. when it comes to successes... Um, not to um, interrupt you, but you got a 700 score. You know, you mean yeah. not... You just need to go ask. Exactly. So that's, that's part of the sex, success right there. It's like, before they came in contact with me, they just was fiddling their thumbs and, you know, had imposter syndrome or really just was not sure and it's like all right well let's make you sure you know I'm gonna give them all of my education let me make it so whereas you don't sit here questioning yourself like one of the people I worked with um a, a good client of mine she was in my mentorship and she left the mentorship she got upwards of 30k once she had left between personal and business funding now you know my mentorship is considered a quote-unquote high ticket item um and it was slightly over a thousand dollars but that's a, that's a huge return on investment just for, you know, four or five weeks. And so sometimes people just need that, that light that will, you know, that charge that will help them just overcome that hump that's stopping them. Right. Cause you say it's a high ticket and maybe a thousand dollars or more, mm -hmm. you know, a little over it. But if she got 30,000, like right. I ain't 29 in return. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly gotta believe in yourself enough to put forth the thousand and so exactly. you have the system as well as you know setting themselves up to meet the criteria to know that hey you're gonna get this in return when you sign up right exactly oh. right and so I, i'm not the lender so i never tell people like this is what's gonna happen i tell people this is this is what i know this is what i teach and you know the execution is on you so if you apply these things, I can never guarantee that somebody will be funded, but I can say more likely than not, you know, you will get some type of funding if your profile looks like this. Like there's very few times somebody has a good profile and they're never gonna, no, you're, if you're PGing your funding, meaning personally guaranteeing it and your personal credit is good, there's going to be a bank that lends you money. They want to lend money to banks. You as an individual, not so much. Sorry, I said I'm gonna say businesses. They want to lend money to businesses, but as an individual, it does not look the same. Businesses are less riskier, con considerably to to people personally, because they actually have a lot of revenue coming in assumptively. Um, so they they want to give money to us, but we got to know where to go get it. Let me ask you this, because people may be looking at this and saying, "Okay, profile. What does she mean?" And so when you relate to profile. What are the things that is considered in that profile? We know the credit score has to be there. So that's part of that profile. So what else yeah. would that profile looking, you know, um, mighty good to the banks to get the funding? Right. A lot of banks look for a 680 minimally, which a 680 is like the bottom. You know, you want to strive to have way more like you, you'll be in the best position if you have mid 700s and higher. Um, but I've gotten approved with low 700s, you know what I'm saying? Because again, the, the bottom is a 680. So across all three bureaus. And here's a little gem, like if 
you don't have that 680 or more on one bureau, try to seek bureaus that pull from the other bureaus, right? Like some oh. people will still try to go get funding. Their Equifax is like a 650 for whatever reason, but TransUnion and Experian has a 710, 715. Go pull from Experian and TransUnion if you can, because the bureaus don't communicate with one another. So they don't know, the banks don't know that your Equifax has what it has unless they pull it. So that's the way around it. But the profile, you need a low number of inquiries, so three or less, because the lenders like to, they don't want to see somebody who looks like they're thirsty for funding, essentially. Too many hard hits on their credit profile. It's a red flag. They want you to have a good amount of age, so I'll say five years or more. And we know that you can manipulate age by adding an um, authorized user trade line. That's how you can establish more age if you don't have it. Um, it shows maturity with your credit profile. So 680 age um, increase. And then if you want to have high limit credit, you have to have high limit credit, if that makes sense. So like the banks, a lot of times will establish your limits based on what they already see as reporting. That's why when people have low limit cards, they struggle so much to get higher limits because you have to start somewhere and continuously work your way up. But you also have to add trade lines. Trade lines add age to your credit profile. They also add credit limits as well. And so the, the more credit limits that you can add in trade lines, if yours are low, start adding people's trade lines who are higher than yours so the banks can start seeing that that's reporting and give you higher limits. And then there's a, it's a bunch of different things that can help you with that. We can go down a rabbit hole, but that's just a couple of things to think about. Um, and the last thing for the credit profile, no derogatory marks. You Late payments are almost like a, that's, that's like almost like the worst thing that you can have because it weighs the most on your credit profile. Um, so no, no repos, no collections, no foreclosures. Make sure that those negative items are off. It doesn't mean that you won't be approved. It just means that you are going to have a harder time being approved and you might not get as many, uh, the, the higher credit limits. Wow. You teaching, you teaching <laughs> like I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, I, can, so, I can tell. <laughs> yes. Cause I'm like, oh, wow. I need to get that cleared up. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um. I know I was on one of your lives and you mentioned that you had like 16 credit cards. Like mm -hmm. how, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I know you telling me how, so right. like, what is the total? Do you mind us going into that? Like, what is the total of 16 credit cards? Like I'm trying to get the high limit. I need to add some people on there. Girl. <laughs> right. It should be more. Honestly, I'll be honest with you. I, um, when I, when I got these cards, I didn't know what I know now, or else I would have had way higher limits. But collectively, I have about 100K in personal and business. But having as many cards as I have, I should probably have 250K, realistically. Um, because there's a certain process that you want to do when you're applying. And because I was just so like eager to act on the things that I had learned, I miscalculated some things, but I was just acting on what I knew. So this is a lesson for everybody. Like fail forward, you learn, you pick yourself up and you, you do it better next time. So um, from that, from that mistake, I ended up uh, when I bought a car last year, I went to the dealership, that mistake, got a bunch of inquiries from that. And so you have to wait until those inquiries fall off you know what I'm saying, two years before you can actually get the funding that you want. And so 
um, like I said, I still have good limits. You know what I'm saying? I'm not complaining about having hundred. Like the last year, I did. I had ten thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? So I built up ninety k within. It really. I've had this credit since um, April, so I built it up from January to April. That ninety k, but it should be more. Right, yeah. A- no, I'm 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 happy about that though. Huh. I'm still proud and happy about that. Um, especially when you go from like knowing nothing, you come from a family that's not financially literate. Um, you know, I'm college educated, but they never taught me what I know now, you know, about business. Like, you know, because if I had known about credit at 18, my mom was like, mm-hmm. don't even worry about that credit card. Right. But if I had a guy, I would have been a dad because I didn't know nothing about credit. And so coming from what we coming from, you know, seem like we here. Right. I mean, where did you get, you know, how did you find out on um, ways to establish yourself in this credit industry as you have and you know continue to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pretty much I had started off last year. The name Vendher came from us being a women-led vending company. So um the emphasis on that was like vendor, like a vendor, but Vendher. And we changed our name, our, our focus of the business simply because like, I didn't want to just be known for vending. I just felt like there was so much more. And um, a lot of people were just like, I just, something didn't sit well with me. It just felt like super low level. And I just knew I was more interested in other things like real estate and things like that. That's like my end goal. Credit is just a vehicle. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even want to be known for teaching credit. I want to be known for helping Black people establish and scale their businesses more than anything, right? But credit is the vehicle. And so when I was learning real estate, simultaneously, I was learning credit. And so that's how I ended up leaning into credit because credit was something that I could pair with vending and transition out of it. That's real tricky how I just said that, but I wanted to... (laughs) Yeah, so... So essentially last year around this time was when I was making the transition and I wanted to separate myself in the vending market, but also put this in front of people. So when I made the transition, it wasn't unfamiliar. So what I did was I added credit to vending and then I slowly transitioned out of vending to just teach credit. Okay, I got So (laughs) yeah, when I shifted the business, people were familiar with it because I had already been talking about the credit with the vending, credit with real estate, and then I just made the full transition. Um, I was still talking about vending up until about May of this year, and then I made the full transition to just do business consulting in general, and that's how we we got to where we are now. Amazing. Congrats. Congrats on that transition. I know like some people get feel like they're stuck in one area and don't know how to transition out of that thing. You know, mm-hmm. just purposeful you know you gotta follow the purpose like absolutely it's, it's, it's making money and then doing something of a business that's service to others and more purposeful so I right feel like, yeah and makes more money <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> way so more like, I get it uh, um what would you tell your younger self you know about you know what you know now like what would you say to your younger self like what is something I feel like what I would have told my younger self is like I would have started sooner like I would have been more curious and interested sooner and I feel like I probably would have but nobody in my face was teaching me these things like if if there was somebody in my ear like 
talking about financial literacy and I'm a poor college student, born and raised in a poor place, I would probably be intrigued by that. So I will, you, you don't know what you don't know, but I will say that like, I would probably put myself in different spaces. And I also think like the generation now, they're more exposed to financial literacy, in yeah. my opinion. Um, it's a little bit more accessible than it was when I was in college, you know, 2012, but damn, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it just, I would have just exposed myself differently. Cause when you were in college, they talk about financial literacy through financial aid. That's not financial literacy. You know what I mean? And so I'm sitting there like, yo, this is just teaching me how to take out a loan so I can pay for school. Not necessarily teaching me how I can create generational wealth. So I would have just dived deeper into learning these different things because it's not like anything we learn today is like new per se but it's more it's more exposed for people to learn it it's a little bit more accessible it was foreign to us for so long like our yeah. parents, some of our parents did not know like my mom you know um a stocks I remember I was telling someone a guy was coming by the house um our landlord at the time and he was trying to tell my mom about stocks then there was mm. like years ago when I was about 16 if I had listen to the conversation or she had girl yeah it took it a little bit more seriously okay, yeah today right know? <laughs> right purchase stocks way back then but it was foreign to her you know and right. it, i heard the word stocks but i didn't know what he was talking about then i'm like what are you talking about them stocks and it, it still pondered me for years like stocks you know what what did he mean that's just how right. literally i illiterate i was and um you know, it was so foreign, but this damn time, like you said, um, these kids have it way more better within our community and our culture because there's so many platforms out there that is teaching these things and, you know, giving them their outlet. Like if their parents don't even know that um, they hadn't seen it in school because school's not teaching it, they teach you how to get the loan to go to school again, to work right. for someone, not the loan to build your generational wealth. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um could lead to more changes in the area since we're on it like what could the schools start implementing more of mm -hmm. well i think that the schools need to implement more real life education that could actually benefit people so one thing would probably be tax education uh budgeting uh how to how to do certain things you know i for a little period in my life i was at I don't want to say a white school, but it was a more diverse school because I had always been to black schools. We ended up moving a little bit further out and it was a more racially mixed school and they were learning how to book flights. You know what I'm saying? I, that's where I learned how to do certain things. I had a computer like it was just certain stuff I didn't have when I and I ended up moving back in the city. So it was just you could just tell the difference in education just by slightly moving outside of um, the outskirts of Cincinnati. But um small things like that like how to think for self how to do for self i think taxes budgeting definitely credit i think that's huge and now where we're going with digital currency i think that that would be helpful as well because black people i can already see it now but we're going to be at the short end of the crypto game too um and you know people i think it's a lot more interest in that space from our community but when the actual transition takes place and we're like we're no longer using, you know what I'm saying, money. We're using like digital, like this whole metaverse and all of that. I think that we should start introducing it to the kids now because they're probably going to be the ones who, who are actually able to live this through and adopt it sooner than we are. So they should learn it prior to them getting into the space where 
that's what it is. When you're a kid, I don't know. It's just different realities, I'll say. So let so them true. learn those things now. So true. Like they should have been probably teaching us stocks and stuff. You know, they need to really <laughs> change the curriculum, honey. Yes, they do. Alpha of it and put the crypto on there. <laughs> yeah, it's super outdated. Yes. Yeah, so, um, with doing what you're doing, you know, um, do you consider this part of your purpose? You know, um, and if so, what do you, where do you see yourself walking in your purpose in five years from now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, everything I've done has been connected to the black community. You know, a lot of people always laugh, like. I go home, I'm like the lightest person in my family. Like, and my it's family be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They like, yo, they were like, yo, that's you, my favorite little Black Panther. I'm like, yo, I'm not a Black Panther. But um, at the end of the day, I feel like I've all, everything I've done has been geared towards the Black community. And when I made the decision to quit my job last year, part of it was for that. I felt like I was at a job that did not, enhance my feeling and my willingness to work for my community without it being you know covered or um not really trying to help them like I knew that they needed the help and I was like I can't sit here not not even in like a sellout way but I can't sit here and work for somebody else's agenda when I can go work for my own and make money while doing it and actually do exactly what I want to do unmaxed you know what I'm saying it does not have to be filtered I can just be myself and every job I was at where I wanted to help my community I had to almost mask it so that it wouldn't in the guise of professionalism in the guise of whiteness and I was like I'm done doing that shit excuse my language but I'm like I'm cool on that like I didn't work and get two degrees you know I didn't go to school for this and so it's a hundred percent my passion everything I did like my undergrad degree was in forensic chemistry and I wanted to um, help black people who were wrongly accused because of, um, you know, cops playing evidence or manipulating evidence. When I was in uh, my graduate program, my whole thing was I wanted to become a college president because I wanted to help black first gen students, black queer students, different things like that. So it was always something rooted to my blackness. And now um, I'm in a position to help our community with the thing that I struggled with my whole life up until this point, right? Which was money. And so I'm like, yo, a lot of things that we could have avoided that were traumatic in my community and my family and my house, like when you think about it, it kind of all pinpoints down to money, housing, money, education, money, jobs, money, um, food, money. And then lastly, healthcare, money. Those are the five biggest things impacting the black community. So I said, well, I can't address all of these things. Let me figure out one way I can go about this. And so that one way is real estate. But again, the vehicle is through uh, credit and teaching our people how to, how to own something. You know what I'm saying? Ownership is very, very important. Girl, very inspiring. Like you've been on it for, for years. <laughs> like, like this just is, <laughs> and people look no. at something and thinking, oh, it just, she just started this. But when you say mm -hmm. y'all, what you just said, you know, with the degrees and, you know, helping people get, get out of tough situations until now helping people get out of tough situations. Like, you've been doing this thing. Like, you've mm -hmm. been like since you was two. I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Right. So I just love it. Like, purposeful. I love it. I love seeing people really walk truly in their gifts. My life's mm -hmm. And just, you know, 
doing it, you know, with a, it's bigger than you. It's not mm-hmm. just about, it's bigger than you. It's about the community, the black community and, you know, you standing for helping others, you know, see a bigger picture. So it's bigger than them, you know? I love it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, um, I mean, you dropped so many gems, but what is one play you, you would like to give the audience today or, you know, one thing you would want to say just to inspire them to do something different than what they've done, you know, before this, before seeing this. Okay. So I'm a, I'm gonna give a couple of different things and, and I'm gonna be mindful of time. So, oh, cause I dude. want people to, okay. Cause I want people to, um, to really understand how you can manipulate credit y'all. Okay. So there's a couple of different things. Like there's, there's this analogy essentially that you can like, not analogy, but almost like a phrase, like you, you can use money to buy more money. And that's how folks get wealthy, right? They use their money to, to compound and make more money. So when I say that with credit, essentially I use credit and I, I understand it well enough to be able to liquidate credit, meaning I could turn you know, credit to cash. And then from there, I'm able to put that cash into different things, right? Different bank accounts, so to let it season, not only choose banks that have business products. So a business credit card, a business loan, um, a business um, line of credit. Because essentially, if you just go start opening bank accounts wherever, they might have business checking accounts, but they don't have business products. I wanna go somewhere where I know I can borrow money to, to get more money essentially. So when I liquidate my credit cards, there's these internal things in the banks called bank ratings and the public doesn't really know about it. And the more money you put into your bank accounts, huh? You said bank ratings? Yeah, it's a bank. It's an internal bank rating that they do. Like Navy Federal even has it where they create your own Navy Federal credit score within the bank, which allows you to get more money or less money. So at least a rate is a rating with the bank, right? But depending on how much money you put in these banks, that is what attributes sometimes to your bank rate and how long you've kept it there. So I could use the money from my credit card and let it season in these banks for a month, two or three months. And this is why it's important to build relationships with bankers because I can ask them, hey, how long does this need to be here in order to establish a relationship with you all? I use, I use guys language like that. And if they say not long, I'll follow up, okay, um, is there some type of bank rating to help me with my approval chances to blah, 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 to get to the answer that I really want? Because they'll tell you anything, but um, just for you to put your money in there. But realistically, I then use that. I can go apply for credit cards. And when I go apply for credit cards, sometimes they match the money that you put in there. So if you put, you know, for example, I had a friend who put 7K into the bank, they gave him a 14K credit card. Now, is that a coincidence? Who knows? But it makes sense though, when you start putting money in there, they'll give you what you what you say that you felt like they were responsible for holding. They, they're gonna match you potentially or give you even more or give you less, who knows? But all we're gonna do is take that money back out and run the play again at a different bank. You know what I'm saying? We just want the higher approval chances as well as the higher credit limits, which is why we do this. So um, I got to create some type of name for this, but essentially like that's really what it is. You just letting your money season in different places and you don't have to have the money. You can start with credit. Now, if you don't have credit to get this started, obviously you just got to put what you have. Um, I was talking about this literally yesterday on a um, live I was on 
And I was saying I, I had $150 when I established a relationship with Navy Federal and they gave me $15,000. Everybody thinks that you got to put in a bunch of money to get a bunch of money. No, you just have to make sure that the numbers that you're using make sense. I tell people all the time, like, why do you think a bank would give you a $20,000 card if you told them that you only make 50000 in your business? Or worse, you told them you made nothing because that's what you actually made. We have to start understanding that banks are okay with you putting projected income, right? Put projected income in your applications and think big. I'm not saying go run up and say, I'm gonna make a million dollars and you have a business consultant or some cosmetics or something. You don't know if you're gonna hit a million, but you know, numbers, 150, 200, that's not uncommon for a business to hit 250K, it's a business. But some of our folks who are come from low income backgrounds, who never seen that much money before, they don't even think to think that big, you know what I'm saying? They can't even fathom their business getting that big. Right. But I'm telling you right now, those numbers are what's going to help you get that higher approval. Six figures is small. When you think, <laughs> yes. Hey, yes. you know, purely, that's small. So we want to put that mm -hmm. out there. <laughs> yeah, Ma now, majorly small. It's projected, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're dropping so many gems on us today. So with that, so um, how can these people like keep in contact with you, hit you up? Do you have like courses that you teach this or ebook mm -hmm. like you can, you know, fill us in on? Absolutely, absolutely. So I just wrapped up my last mentorship of the year yesterday. Price got to go up on that. So <laughs> I can't play with it no more. But as far as a class, I do have a business credit and Airbnb class coming up November 29th, which is Cyber Monday, the Monday following Thanksgiving. Um, anybody who's from your platform, if they would like to join, they can use the discount code WELIVE, just W-E-L-I-V-E, -E, and they'll get $200 off of that class. I'll keep it open just for the people in your platform, for you, whoever's interested. And again, that's going to be all things business credit. So I'm going to be talking about the profile. PG business credit, non-PG business credit, FinTech business credit. And the people are confused on what those things are. That's why they need to be in the class because it's so much, so much knowledge. And, and for me, I don't hold back. I wrap everything into here because I don't want you having to feel like, oh, this is a upsell to get something else. Like, no, this is this is what we're doing. Come here and get your education, go execute, period. As far as following me, it's underscore Venher, V-E-N. V as in Victor, E-N-B-H-E-R on all platforms, as well as YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe to us because I'll be dropping a lot more content there. I mean, if y'all don't go follow her to get your life right, really, what <laughs> been, I, the gems that she brought, I mean, it stands for the average person who's looking to, you know, utilize credit and turn credit into cash and cash into credit. Am I right? Or am I mm -hmm. saying that Cause I, I mean, no, I'm, no, you said it right. You know, like it's very beneficial in order to if you if you see yourself wanting to build wealth, it takes credit to do that. Credit is king. Mm -hmm. You know, they said cash is king, but credit is king into being able to build longevity and wealth and transition into real estate or whatever. You know, to just set yourself up for better, like on um, pure, on um, big pure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling. Right. <Hey>. <laughs> I said I'm rolling, yo. <laughs> yes, girl. I just be coming with it. It's just be coming. I'm just like throwing it out there. But I mean, I've 
certainly appreciated you coming through here on the score being her because that's that's the name i know her by um mm -hmm. i met her at an event and so i was like hey you know we chatted up and here she is you know blessing and gracing us with her presence on the peak link podcast which has been a blessing because i'm like learning i'm taking notes and um need to rewatch this myself because um <laughs> Even in this, you said things that I know I need to get in the line myself to, you know, continue to build my credit and do the things that I need to do in my business as well and personal, you know. So yeah. I'll tap into her, her master class that she has coming up November the 29th. I'm going to get the dates of this because I might need to push it out early. So, you know, those of you who would like to, you know, really join her can join her because like this is so beneficial. I can only imagine how the master class is going to go down. So oh, yeah. yes, follow her. And um today I would like to leave with you. Like, you know, you don't have to be in a box. You don't have to fit in a box. Just be you, boo, and do you. And you know, all great things will come to you. So I like to just something each time. And um don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe to the Pink Link Podcast. And we really appreciate it. Have a blessing. Yeah. See ya. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome.